Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill Smith, and this is a podcast about all of the dumb things that people will do for love. Welcome to episode 134. It's a full, real episode. Wow. Full of content for your listening ears. (laughs) How generous are we, Jen? Dude, Sally, how was your big, big weekend in Nashville? What? No, just kidding. It was amazing. Oh, it was like, (laughs) where? You're like, you've been talking my ear off about this. And now I'm just like, oh, no, no. Like, am I crazy? <laughs> um, no, you guys, I did not say anything about it before because unlike Jen, I respect the curse. I know. I uh, keep shooting myself in the foot. <laughs> it's like you don't actually want to go on vacations. Um, I did this weekend. I went to Zany's in Nashville with my friend uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite comedic genius wonderful person um and we got to do shows i got to meet some people that i'm like really admire and love melissa joan hart so exciting clarissa explains it all if you don't know serena the teenage witch if you don't know also that show with joey melissa joey (laughs) that's it That's the one. Like every Hallmark movie. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't know. So she came to the show with um, a bunch of her friends. She's just moved to Nashville. She has like this really lovely, fun group of girlfriends uh, who are all just like normal people. Like it was so nice to just to meet her and be like, oh, you're a normal person. You are like a mom and, uh, and fun. And, but she, yeah. So she apparently like directs Hallmark movies and has been in a bunch. And so I just offhandedly at the beginning of the show, like made a joke about a Hallmark movie. And she was like, that's a funny idea for a Hallmark movie. I was like, thank you, Melissa Joan Hart. That's thank awesome. You. See, she yeah. can hire you to be a writer. Right? Yeah. Um, and then these, and this is both these people are because they are friends with Bobcat, not because I did anything exciting. But um, but then we went and had Don't dinner. Don't you dare say that. <laughs> we had dinner with Langhorn Slim, who is one of my favorite musicians. That is so awesome, dude. Yeah, it was really. And he was like the loveliest, sweetest person. Could not be more genuine and just so down to earth. That just sounds like a table full of amazing, genuine, awesome people. It was like, really, What a good table. It was really lovely. Lovely. Um, so yeah, I was like, I was riding high, had a great weekend. I went to like hot yoga. I got a massage. Uh, I took naps. It was great. Really great. And then I came home and went to a kid's birthday party. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and carried my kid crying from it. So, Aww. you know, it's the yin and the yang, Jen. You know, but you had a great weekend and I'm so excited for you that like the picture just made me so happy. It was great. It was, um, you know, I, I, I have a tendency to get like in my head about things like this, you know, because you listen to me. I talked to you before, like all my shows where I'm like, I don't know. I just don't want to do it. I just, I, it's like, I get really anxious. Um, and I just told myself before this weekend, I was like, you know what? How lucky are you that you get to go do comedy in another city and like you can just go and do that. And that's how fun is that? And 
how about just be like grateful and enjoy the experience? And I just really tried to do that rather than when I used to do comedy all the time, it felt more natural. And now I get nervous before every show, um, which sucks. <laughs> like, I'm like, I thought I got rid of that. But like, but so I was just like, just enjoy it. It's going to be what it's going to be. If you have great shows, if you don't, who cares? Like, have fun. You get to see your friend. You get to be in a fun city. You get to have like sleep in. How great. And I just yeah. really went in with that mindset. And you know what? fucking universe was like hell yeah <laughs> good job way to be fucking zen sally nice man <laughs> i love it i'm gonna have to try that instead of talking about things that i'm excited about on the podcast and then they go to shit yeah oh yeah you, you're doing it all wrong <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> you're fucking it all up jen i know i need to say it to the universe not to this microphone that's nope. the problem <laughs> well can't i'm excited people. for you yeah, thanks. That was a great Good outlook. Thanks. thanks. All right, should we do our quickies? Let's do it. Okay, so my quickie this week, Sally, comes from a people.com article written mm-hmm. by Maria Pasquini. Okay. Great name. That is a great name. This is what I call, like this quickie, if you guys are longtime listeners of the podcast, this is a quickie that I like to call a Sally special. It's where you take a thing that's not really related to love, but you twist it and you turn it and you mold it and you poke it and you pull it until it makes a little bit of sense. (laughs) Sounds about right. I was like, either it is not about love at all. Or it's about two people getting caught having sex somewhere weird. <laughs> right, right, right. Close. No, this one is not about people having sex. But this is about a man who didn't pass away. A man did pass away, so okay. it's a little sad. But he had a deep, deep, deep love for snakes. Okay. Okay. So um, that fits. Just la- and my rule is that fits. So just last week in Baltimore, Maryland, police received a call from a nearby neighbor who had expressed concerns because they hadn't seen their neighbor in about a day. And they were just worried because they hadn't seen him coming and going. Um, The man was really young. He was only 49 years old. So Mm. that is very sad. But when the police came to the house to check on him, unfortunately, they did find the man who was um, lying on the floor unconscious and he had passed away. But there are no signs of foul play they said Mm -hmm. but when they were there they discovered that he had more than a hundred venomous and non-venomous snakes of all different kinds um they were in snakes and they were situated on racks it says inside the home what does that mean like i guess there's like snake racks (laughs) (laughs) just saying the word again (laughs) like like how you'd hang a tie like a tie rack that's what i was but like Like so not in cages just i think so yeah just on racks and racks and racks of snakes um racks on racks of snakes racks on racks so um among the snakes they found a 14 foot long burmese python Mm -hmm. I know. And they found a bunch of snakes that were also illegal to have in the state of Maryland. Mm -hmm. Animal control was called and animal control officers, quote unquote, tagged and bagged 125 (laughs) snakes at the home. Did they kill the snakes? 
No, no. They said that um, the animal control officer said that in then 30 years of his experience, he's never seen this kind of thing before. Yeah. But they took all the non-venomous snakes uh, to Virginia. I don't know why. And all of the <laughs> venomous snakes to North Carolina because fuck North Carolina. No, I don't. I have no idea why one went to Virginia. One went to Did North they just Carolina, like take but... them to the state line and were like, good luck. <laughs> Gave them five bucks and God a pack speed. of smokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck to you. They gave him a bus pass. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, One phone call. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, all the snakes had been taken away. Of course, when everybody in the neighborhood found out about all these snakes, they freaked out because they're like, are there snakes on the loose? You know? But he told WUSA. I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes in snakes my motherfucking <laughs> neighborhood. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would have a heart attack. I would. Yes. Things freak me out. <laughs> he told uh, WUSA TV, um, I do want to assure the community and everyone living in this neighborhood that we have not seen that any of the snakes were not properly secured or could have escaped. I know that people are worried that there could be some danger to people living nearby, but at this point, we have not uncovered or determined that any of the snakes actually were not secured at this gentleman's death. And I have to tell you, that statement does not sound that reassuring. No. <laughs> it's like, well, we don't know that we fucked up. We don't. We can't say that we made a mistake. That hasn't been determined. <laughs> So, um, so ipso facto, no mistakes. So, no, <laughs> I could say no. Um, so they said that the um, sheriff office's investigation is ongoing and a cause of death will be released by the chief medical examiner in Baltimore. They don't know the cause of death of the man. So, what I'm saying is if you live in Baltimore, Maryland, just look at the ground when you're walking. <laughs> My uh, Ben's brother and sister-in-law, hi Melissa, she listens, live like outside of Baltimore. So you guys, (gasps) be careful. Careful no snakes. Snakes on the loose. Oh my God. Uh, That was a good one. I I love it. I knew you would like it. (laughs) I love love people who love animals so much. That does sound, yep, I've definitely done one. Very similar. Okay, so my quickie comes from news24.com. So you know how we like to do quickies about people who marry interesting things? Yeah, it's our favorite. It's our favorite. Well, Beth Stevens and Annie Sprinkle are two women who are in a relationship with each other, but they are also married to the earth. And yeah, and they describe themselves as ecosexuals. I've heard of this. Have you? I had never heard yeah. of it. And you would think that this is something that like, you know, I love the earth. Anyway, so they are don't like, I don't, I don't like, I don't love it, love it. <laughs> so they're, they're life partners. They live in San Francisco and they say that their relationship with the earth is so intimate that they even make love to it. And Beth said that the simple thing, the simple thing to define it is an ecosexual is someone who loves the earth. And Annie said they're in a romantic relationship with the planet. So she was like clarified, this is not just, oh, I love the earth. She said, we imagine the earth is our lover and we enjoy all the sensual pleasures that the earth has to offer. (laughs) I'm sorry. Is that that? Okay. Everybody, like if that's what makes you happy, but I cannot get the image of, uh, you know, like that, like uh, Will Ferrell, Rachel Dratch in a hot tub, like lava. (laughs) 
my love. Like I just have that in my head of them like literally hugging a tree and being like, have you met my lover? <laughs> yes. This is Harold. He's a birch. <laughs> um, they, so they got married to the earth. They had a big ceremony in 2008 um, in the Redwoods of Santa Cruz, California. 300 guests came. They said since then they've had another ceremony in England where they got married to the sky and this was followed by them kissing each other for an hour to seal the deal and as a form of meditation in nature. Um, and so they say that being an ecosexual doesn't t- take away from your sexual identity, but rather it adds to it. Um, sure. And then Beth says... So many places to have sex. <laughs> and so many things to have sex with. Exactly. Uh, Beth says that it turns out that people are pleasuring the earth without even being aware aware so oh, are we pleasuring the earth without even being aware of it she said when you're going for a walk you're giving the earth a massage with your feet so they say people often have questions regarding the issue of consent for example when they hug a tree has it consented to their advances and they say it's a tree Duh. Wow. <laughs> no, they say, we can't talk to the tree, but we listen and try to sense whether the tree likes to be hugged or not. And a lot of people don't mind killing trees, but getting intimate with a tree is considered a taboo. Uh, they have one word of advice. They say, if you want to be an ecosexual, they say, you've got to put your heart into it and just open yourself up and let your erotic energy move through you and feel the tree and love that tree like a lover. <laughs> Like lava. Hey, that's great. (laughs) You know, good for them. I mean, I agree. I do. Unless, you know, the trees are not actually consenting, then. I mean, I would say, unless whatever kind of sensual sexual activity you are doing with the earth is harming the earth. If it's not, then like, you know, go hump a tree. I don't give a shit. And yeah, I don't give a shit. Do it. Yeah, same. I agree. Well, there you go. Hump that tree. Hump that tree. <laughs> <laughs> Open mouth, kiss that dirt. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Fondle a mountain. Get it. Find some good holes. <laughs> There's so many good holes in nature. Just make sure there are any animals in there. Yes, that is that's a good tip. Oh, my God. Yeah. There might be snakes. And that's how we tie it all together. Yep. That's what we call a callback in comedy. Dude, I love it. Hey, Sally. Hey, Jen. Are you ready for this week's crazy story? I am super ready. Great. Because I'm going to tell it to you <laughs> now, <laughs> whether you're ready or not. Three, two, one, um, go. Go. Um, so this came, my information came from an article for timesnownews.com written by Samya Agrawal, an article in Wikipedia, and then also um, an episode of Who the Bleep Did I Marry? Love it. Love it. Now, before I even get into this, it's worth noting that the title of this episode of Who the Bleep Did I Marry was called Houston, We Have a Marital Problem. (laughs) (laughs) I just really liked that title. Yeah, I like it. Houston, We Have a Marital Problem. Oh, man. Um, Good Okay, and they did. (laughs) They did. 
Jed. So Katie Wilson was a self-proclaimed nerd in high school. Um, She went to Salt Lake City High School. In the fall of 1994, she was a senior in high school, and she met this other self-proclaimed nerd named Thad Roberts. Now, she talks about how much they were nerds. She says that she was dorky in high school. She says she was fat in high school. All of these pictures of her, she's gorgeous. Like, she doesn't look like a nerd. She doesn't look like overweight at all it's just like i don't know who is feeding you false information your whole life but it like breaks my heart because she is beautiful in every single picture yeah i just feel like that's worth saying so they went on a date and um they both were very smart people very smart people so i guess if you want to also consider yourself a nerd intelligence wise then okay they went on their first date they discovered that they had a lot in common they were actually both mormons salt lake city who knew and they were both nerds (laughs) (laughs) and they're both good looking mormon nerds um so (laughs) they fell quickly in love you know it was that kind of high school love they dated and they quickly fell in love but then in the summer of 1996 um thad had to leave for a two-year missionary trip you know because he was a mormon um and it was really really hard they were both devastated but they decided that they were going to write letters to each other every single day and but on the day that he left he left her a letter behind and when he um when he left she opened the letter and read it and inside the letter he told her that there was this girl in his english class that he was interested in and that he had asked her out and she was like what the fuck like what's in well she probably didn't say fuck because she's Mormon. Maybe she was like, what the frick? <laughs> and um, what the fudge? Um, and so she opened the letter and she was like, what is this about? Like, why are you telling me about this girl that you asked out? And so when he landed on his missionary trip from the airport, he called her and she was crying and heartbroken. Like, what is this letter about? And he was like, I don't understand why you're upset. And she was like, you told me you asked out another girl. And he said, "Um, well, I didn't. He's like, but I didn't actually go out with her. I just wanted to tell you, I don't think there should be any secrets between us. Like, I want to tell you everything. And after a while, she was like, okay, well, then I guess I appreciate that or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she- Guess like, guess like, guess like. Gaslight, gaslight. Uh, oh, this whole story is full of gaslighting. Um, so Everybody when, open um, your windows. <laughs> yeah, don't light a match. So they stayed in contact. They wrote letters to each other the whole time. And when he came home from his missionary trip, he proposed to her. And then that year they were married. So she worked full time and he went to school because he wanted to become an astronaut. And so he went to school and had triple major in geophysics, physics, and geology. And he would go on these geology field trips and bring Katie along with him. And she became very interested in geology as well. It was something that they started to do together. So they kind of started this little like rock collection and... Um, you know, nerd shit. (laughs) 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 No, rocks are cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, rocks are so Um, cool. (laughs) You guys, I have to just say that I drank an afternoon cup of coffee right before we started this podcast. It's not in my it's not in my daily repertoire. If I have an afternoon cup of coffee, I'm jacked. So <laughs> know that. 
So he was also a volunteer at a science museum and he would come home um, a lot with all of these like cool rocks and stuff that he said, oh, the professors there like me so much. They gave this to me as a gift. And he would come home with all these like free specimens. So they had like a collection at their home of all these like cool things like bones and rocks and just nerd shit. And so it's crazy because again, like this poor woman had just like the lowest self-esteem, you know, she was so insecure and, um, he fed into that like so in her mind she loved him and they had a great relationship but at the same time he was always like telling her that she needed to lose weight and that she needed to um, work on herself and have hobbies and a better job and more dreams and, and like all he was always telling her ways that she needed to change I hate him I hate him too and then in May of 2000 Um, He ended up getting an internship with NASA for aspiring astronauts. The internship was in Houston, Texas. So the plan was was that he would have to go there for one semester every year for four years. So like four rounds of like being gone for a few months. Man, Um, I I had a a friend in college who that was like her dream to, I mean, she was like a rocket scientist. And so how amazing to get that internship. Yeah. And Katie was super excited for him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he was, he, he had his big dream was that he wanted to be one of the first astronauts to land on Mars. And she totally believed that he, he could. wanted to be one of the you first know, Mormon astronauts. So- That's where he was going to do his mission trip. Yeah. <laughs> mission be- to Mars. Like, I'm sorry. Have you, you heard the good news? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. We love Mormons, by the way. Uh, um, totally. So his first semester went fine. It, like no hiccups, no whatever. But when he got back home from his second semester, he took Katie outside as soon as he got home and like took her on a walk. And that's when he told her some news. He told her that he had actually fallen in love with another woman. It was another intern at NASA. And um, Katie was obviously absolutely devastated and even though he told her that there was another woman that he had fallen in love with he still told katie that there would might be a chance for them to stay together he told her if she lost weight yes motherfucker i just wanted to throw my computer screen at the wall he told her that if she lost weight um, and that if she went back to school and that she if she was more driven driven and and um you know got some hobbies, then maybe there would be a chance for them. And so it just makes me so sad that like so he moved out and they separated and Katie tried to change herself. She like went in she enrolled in school, she joined a gym and like at first it was all to please him and to you know, change herself for him. But then she realized that like, these are positive changes that she was making for herself. Yeah. So at that point, she was just happy to like, find herself more, you know, then about two months into the separation, Katie came home, and she found Thad at her house. Um, and he had like candles and rose petals everywhere. And he told her that he had made a huge mistake and that he wanted to be with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she loved him and that was her husband and she wanted it to work. Yeah. But she told him that if he ever cheated on her again, that they would be done. And so they got back together. But then um, Thad left for his third semester in Houston. And so that April, um, 
during his third semester, Katie flew to Houston and visited him and got to tour the NASA facilities, which was really cool. And she got to meet his mentor. Um, his name was Dr. Everett Gibson, and he was like a famous NASA scientist. Um, and he gave them a tour of everything. And, but then he took them into this really special room that had these moon rock specimens. Yeah. So they were moon rocks from every Apollo mission that had ever when we had ever landed on the moon, yeah. essentially, we like I had something. <laughs> it was a t- it was a team a collectively, effort. <laughs> you know, sad but super impressed by these moon rocks. After the visit, he, like he joked to Katie and said, "Like, wouldn't it be cool if we could steal one of these and sell them? We'd be millionaires." And Katie just laughed and was like, "Yeah, you know, that would be great." <laughs> But then a month later, when Thad came home after his third semester, he seemed really distant and withdrawn. Um, Katie said that he would stay out late and wouldn't come home at night. He always had some kind of excuse about like being at school or studying or whatever. And he actually told Katie that he was hanging out a lot with this new friend from school whose name was Gordon McWhorter, which is like <laughs> like he a just really good name. He just threw some letters together and was <laughs> yeah. like Gordon McWhorter. <laughs> <laughs> And they would study and hang out together or whatever. Well, that's what he told Mm -hmm. her. And so in the summer of 2002, when Katie dropped that off for his fourth and last semester at NASA, she said that when she was, when they were headed down there, she just knew that she didn't have a good feeling dropping him off. Like she knew something was wrong with him. So she was supposed to go visit him on the 4th of July weekend. And she kept calling him to like make plans about coming to visit him, but she couldn't get a hold of him. And then she ended up calling his roommate and his roommate was like, oh, we hate to tell you this, but he doesn't live here anymore. He actually moved in with his new girlfriend. Cool. So, yeah, her name was Tiffany and she was also a NASA intern. So now Katie's like just totally ready to divorce him. She's like, fuck this. That was the word. Frick this. <laughs> the one thing I like, you know what I said? This was my deal breaker. If you cheated on me again, now you're living with your girlfriend. So she flew to Houston to break up with him. And but when she was there, he told her again that he really loved her and that he wanted to be with her. Uh, he said that he was just he didn't love Tiffany, that he was just using her for something is what he said. And Katie was like, no way. So she went home. And um, he kept calling her over and over and over and over, begging her for forgiveness. She kind of stopped answering. And then on July 22nd, she got a collect call from Thad, which she thought was weird. Like, why a collect call? Mm -hmm. And then it turned out that he was calling her from prison. (gasps) Yeah. What did he do? Do you want to know what he did? Yes! He ended up stealing moon rocks from NASA and trying to sell them. That fucking he was caught nerd. and arrested. <laughs> yeah. So basically what happens is um what happened was he came up with this plan to steal it was 101 grams of moon rocks which was valued at 21 million dollars. Holy shit. I know and do you know why he wanted to steal this and this is a callback to your quickie. Do you know why he wanted to steal these moon rocks? Um, he wanted to have sex with the moon rocks? He wanted to have sex on the moon. <gasps> oh, come on. With his new girlfriend. That was the, the big gift he was going to give to Tiffany. Um, his new girlfriend was 
to have sex. They were going to lay out the samples on a bed and have sex on the moon is what they said. That's just like, so uncomfortable. That sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> I know. Like have sex near the moon or like under the moon or <laughs> next to the moon, but like on it. On it. And also, you know, <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> and so he had gone to a um, as far as to he had even like had a Belgian amateur mineralogist who was going to buy these rocks for him. Like he had really done his reach research. Um, it was him, Tiffany Fowler. So she was his accomplice actually. Oh, okay. And another guy named Shay Sauer. But how are um, these people who are so smart, they can get internships with NASA. They so were all NASA interns. Dumb. Yeah. So they used their IDs to get into the building. And when they got to the safe, he thought that, so on the tags, which is so stupid, like on the tags of the the safes, there was like a something, a, a combination that was written on it, on the handle. So he thought in his mind that that's the combination to the safe. Right. But really, it's like, it was a cryptic reminder of what the code was. These scientists, like, <laughs> so they were like rocket scientists. Birthday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pet's first name. <laughs> um, so he th- really, truly thought that this was just like that was the code. Which, oh my gosh. Anyway, so they ended up they couldn't get the safe open, so they ended up taking the entire safe out of the building and then they drove to a motel and then they ended up opening up the safe with a power saw. Um, so Robert, uh, Thad and his girlfriend, Tiffany did scatter the moon rocks on a bed and they did have sex on them. Oh, man. I know. And so in the process of them stealing all of these lunar samples worth $21 million and then having sex on them, <laughs> They contaminated them, making them useless to the scientific community. And then they also destroyed three decades worth of handwritten research notes by a NASA scientist that were inside the safe when they opened it up. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Idiots. So, I know. So, the plan was they were going to meet this Belgian mineralogist at an Italian restaurant in Orlando, Florida. I'm going to go ahead and call it the Olive Garden. (laughs) (laughs) And they were going to do it on the 33rd anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing, which was July 20th, 2002. So they're at least sentimental in their crime committing. (laughs) But it turned out that the Belgian mineralogist actually contacted the FBI well, good for him. Um, and then the FBI took over the deal and, and posed as being the American relatives of the Belgian mineralogists at the Olive Garden. <laughs> and then that's where they arrested um, Thad in this sting operation. So they were all arrested. All three of them pled guilty. And Thad was sentenced to more than eight years in prison. Not only for his role in stealing these moon rocks, but also for stealing all the dinosaur bones and rocks from that museum in Utah that he pretended <gasps> he got those things for free. What? And he, did, and he was stealing them the whole time. Yeah. No. Liar. While he was in prison, he wrote Katie letters like every day and he refused to give her a divorce for a while. Yeah. 
But then um, finally, they ended up divorcing and Katie remarried and she's happily remarried and she's a mom and she's happier and healthier and life is much better without this gaslighting piece of shit. And while um, Thad was in jail, he ended up studying for degrees in physics, anthropology and philosophy. And now he's one of the leading authorities on large scale structure on the large scale structure of the universe. And he ended up telling the Daily Star that he's tired of talking about his youthful misdemeanors and instead wants to focus on his interpretation of an 11 dimensional geometric theory encompassing dark matter, dark energy, wave particle duality, (laughs) quantum tunneling, gravity, (laughs) earthly universe inflation and Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. But me- can we deal with that <laughs> daily star but- can you just let me focus on my shit <laughs> remember that time you fucked up moon rocks <laughs> <laughs> that is probably exactly oops, wait, that's probably exactly what happened yeah. <laughs> you had sex on the moon and he was like um can we just talk about wave particle duality and quantum tunneling for a second? Because I'm a fucking scientist. Oh, oh. man. I love that so story. story. I can't believe I had never heard of it before. It's so good. I love it. I know. Thanks. I'm glad you liked it. Great one. Thanks. Oh, that made me laugh real hard. I'm so glad that, uh, that Katie got out of that relationship it's like good to get that out of the way when you're young right and that yeah. she is happy and with someone who i hope hopefully i'm sure values her for who she is yeah has real cute kids yeah 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 <laughs> fuck that nerd <laughs> <laughs> fuck that nerd is heisenberg's uncertainty principle um, if you had to guess what Heisenberg's uncertainty principle is, what would you think it is? I would think it's like, do any of us know anything? Probably not. <laughs> I think that's a great guess. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I think it's just like, nah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just a big just shoulder shrug, shrug emoji. <laughs> that's great. Hey, Jen. Hey, Sally. Are you ready to hear a love story? I am. Are you ready to hear three love stories? What? <laughs> yes. Listen, I um, I read this story about an unlikely friendship. So these are all unlikely friendship stories. And it made me cry. I may be close to having my period. So I'm feeling a little emotional I get uh, it. So I. That was me, <laughs> Betty White story. Yeah. That's what I was crying on the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's hormonal, you guys. Um, so I, anyway, so I found this one and it was like, you know, it's short, but then I was like, oh, I love these kind of stories. So I thought I would share a couple with you guys. So this first one comes from Good Morning America by Shannon McClellan and also an article on Fox for Kansas City. Okay, so in January of 2019, an 88-year-old woman named Opal Zucco, which I think is such a great 
old lady name opal um she was i love that i know name. she was wheeling i mean it's a great young lady name but she was wheeling her trash can up the driveway of her missouri home when she tripped and fell and she ended up hitting her head and she was bleeding like enough that she ended up needing eight stitches so luckily um her garbage person <laughs> sorry her sanitation worker <laughs> just realized to me like <laughs> you're a garbage person. Um, the sanitation worker, a man named Billy Shelby saw her fall and he stayed with Opal in her driveway. He called the police and he stayed with her until the ambulance came. And Billy said, I was alarmed because she's an elderly woman and I knew she was in bad, bad shape. I could see the fear in her eyes. I called an ambulance and I took my jacket off and put it on her because she was cold. So he didn't know at the time, but Opal has dementia. So like if she had fallen and nobody had been around, she had been even more vulnerable in this kind of situation. So after that incident, Billy decided to go out of his way every Tuesday when he collects Opal's garbage, he will take her garbage can and wheel it back up to her garage so she doesn't have to walk down and hopefully, you know, she won't fall. And so Opal's family, That's I nice. know it's like his family knew that there was a waste management employee who had helped bring her trash can up after her fall, but it wasn't until her daughter, uh, Colette Kling Kingston watched her mother's doorbell camera that she actually saw what Billy was doing for her mother. So the footage, um, there's a video, it shows Billy walking up the driveway arm in arm with Oprah while holding her trash can. And then after the can is placed and Billy goes to leave, he gives Opal a big hug and he says, good to see you and God bless you as always, darling. And then he kind of, they kind of chit chat a little bit and he goes, you look good. I like that hair. You've got it down. I've got to work on mine. And so then he gives, um, he like gives her a big wave and like hops on the truck and, dro and drives off. And it turns out that Opal has started waiting for Billy on Tuesdays, like uh... waiting outside for him to come. And so every week he brings her garbage can up. He walks her like arm in arm back to her house chats with her for a few seconds and then gives her a big hug and he says it's gotten to a point where she kind of expects to see me and i kind of expect to see her and so opal's daughter who saw this video you know was just like i got i actually got teary-eyed that a stranger would take a couple minutes out of their day to not only help her but to build a relationship and a friendship and so she didn't actually know who billy was so she um, to figure out who he was so she could thank him, she posted the video on Facebook, and soon, of course, it had millions of views. The daughter wrote, he demonstrates such care for her. It takes a village, such a small gesture, but it's an enormous relief for us. And Billy says it was just the right thing to do. He says, I always try to make her smile. That's my goal. I always tell myself, how do you know you're a good person? Is it when you're doing things, good things when people are watching or when people are not watching? I did it because it's the right thing to do. And he actually had no idea that this whole thing had gone viral until he and his mom saw himself on the news. So he was just like, he and his mom are watching the news and he goes, I think that that, that kind of looks like me. And then he was like, wait, that is me. And he said, I'm not on, oh, wow. he's not on Facebook. So he didn't know that this like millions of people were talking about his act of kindness. He says, I don't understand the noise behind it, but everybody has a grandmother. So I can see why people are impacted by it. And he said, I was just trying to take the trash can back up there and get my hug. That's it. Aww. I know. So he hopes that the video will help uh, people do random acts of kindness. He said, here I drive, he goes, here I drive a trash truck. That's it, right? 
But even with that, I can still be the best person I can be and it can help somebody through their day. And he um, he says he always just tries to be a nice person. He said, I just believe in good energy, man. If you give it out, more than likely, that's what you're going to get back. And so then he did get something back because he is a huge uh, Kansas City Chiefs fan. And so after hearing this story, um, one of the former players surprised Billy with two tickets to a Chiefs game. And then the daughter ends up that she is a season ticket holder. So she has invited Billy to games with her as well. Oh, that's sweet. Isn't that so sweet? I just love this. The video is really sweet. He's very sweet and gentle with her. Okay. So my second story is from the Good News Network by McKinley Corbley and from CBS News by Caitlin O'Kane. This one really got me as a mom. Um, As a a mom, I understand this one. Um, Okay. So Taylor Pamela had just picked up her four-year-old Andrew, who is autistic from school in DC. And the two were getting ready to settle in Um, for their 45-minute commute home on the metro. Taylor says, so for those of you who don't know, when you have a child with autism, your child will have some good days and have some bad days. Today was a bad day. Andrew's biggest behavior problem that he's been working on by learning calming strategies is that sometimes he gets upset, it will go two steps too far and escalate into a full-on meltdown breakdown. So on this ride on that day, Andrew was like, he wouldn't sit in his seat. And Taylor tried to calm him down, but he, you know, and kids, like, they just can't regulate and they just, it go it just full-blown tantrum. Like, she said he started rolling on the floor, screaming, his shoe fell off, he flung it across the train. She's like, all the while I'm on the floor in a dress trying to calm him down with all the candy I had, he starts kicking, hitting, pulling my hair while everyone in rush hour stares on the train most thinking I'm a bad parent who had an out of control child, even though he really can't help it. So, I mean, I just, I just remember when Max was so little and you, you'd be in public and like when they start to just have meltdowns and you feel so helpless. Cause you're like, I can't help you the kid. And then I also am like in this situation where everybody's looking at you and you just feel so self-conscious yeah. and you just feel helpless. Right. And so After like 20 minutes of unsuccessfully trying to calm Andrew down, she got off at the subway, a subway stop, like way before their stop and tried to calm him down at the station. But he just like continued to roll on the floor. He was still in meltdown mode for like 15 more minutes. So then um, this DC Metro officer, Dominic Chase, happened by and he said, it looked like they were having a little bit of a hard time. And as I, I, and you know, I can relate to it as a parent myself with a four-year-old. He said that actually he's a parent, but he also receives annual autism sensitivity training. So he really did know how to help Andrew. So he came over and just like kind of the, um, you know, the like novelty of having a police officer for a four-year-old come over like helped Andrew settle down like he showed him his like gadgets and then he held out his hand for Andrew to hold on to and to everybody's surprise Andrew took it and he said Andrew was just holding my hand and I felt and I just felt calm and I think safe and so at that point he offered to ride the train home with them And so he got on the train with Taylor and Andrew and it was like a 30 minute ride. And he just sat with Andrew and watched videos, took pictures with him. He gave, and at the end of the ride, he gave him his badge. And so Taylor says she was so touched by the officer's kindness. She wrote a long Facebook post. post, And of course, 
Um, that also went viral. Andrew and Dominic had such a special bond that they ended up reuniting a week later. And when Andrew saw him, he like ran up to him and gave him a big hug. And Taylor says like, as a single parent, she said it was just really nice to see someone willing to go out of her way to help her. She said, I was just so frustrated because I couldn't do anything for him. And for some reason, you were the star of the day for him. Um, And actually, Taylor isn't the only one who felt thankful. Like Officer Case said that the fact that she acknowledged his kindness was like she said he said that was he said it was probably the nicest thing someone's ever done for me um so i just appreciate the kind gestures as well so the article said it was a simple kind gesture that ended up meaning the world to a single mom and her son her faith was in humanity was restored and andrew made a new friend in officer case oh so sweet i know i love that so much um okay people i have one last short one so and this is in, I got this from Love What Matters by Eliza Murphy and Callie Hall. So in October of 2017, Callie Hall got a phone call from a number she didn't recognize. So like you do, she didn't answer it. Um, she was like, I have to leave a voicemail. So when she checked the voicemail, she heard a message from a woman who was like, this is grandma Margaret. And she said, like, she was calling her grandson, Barry. She was asking him, she was like, bring your pants over. I'll fix them for you whenever you want to bring them over. And then she ended her, the message with like, love you, call me. And, and Callie was like, oh, I I need to call this woman back. And Callie's like 19. And she was like, well, I got to call this woman back because she thinks she's calling her grandson. And um, so she called and told grandma Margaret, she was like, I'm sorry, you know, I think you have the wrong number. And she, and then Grandma Margaret just goes, Oh, okay. She's like, Well, how are you? And starts kind of like chatting with her. And so finally, you know, they got off the phone. And then over the next couple months, Grandma Margaret started calling Callie. She kept thinking it was, it was Barry's number, her grandson. It turned off. Yeah. Like it turned out they had like a number just one off. And Grandma Margaret had written down Barry's number wrong. And so she kept calling Callie. And so she would call and leave messages like once every two weeks to check on Barry, like if he needed his pants hit hemmed or something else he might need. And Callie would call her back each time and say like, hey, it's still me. (laughs) You still got the wrong number. And and they would keep they would chat every time. So on December 19th, she called to wish Barry happy birthday. And and Callie was like, still me, Grandma Margaret, <laughs> still me. And she was like, Aww. OK, I think I got it this time. Callie was a little bit sad because she was like, OK, I think she actually gets it. But now I'm not going to get to talk to this woman anymore who's so sweet and kind. But five days later, she called again. And this time, the voicemail she left said, Merry Christmas, Callie. I figured out Barry's number. Thank you for being my friend. Love you. Later. And that was when their real friendship started. So every time before when Margaret would call, Callie says, I wouldn't answer because I wanted the voicemail to listen to later when I needed some cheering up. I would always call her right back, but I just needed the voicemails to be able to listen to whenever I needed a smile. So it turns out like just about six months before Grandma Margaret started calling her, she found out that her parents were getting divorced. And she was like, you know, she was pretty young. And so she said, the news affected Aww. me. I struggled with it a lot. Um, she said, it took a lot out of me and my siblings. We're, we're blessed that our parents are very, still best friends and get along very well. But while going through this time and processing the news, Grandma Margaret started calling me. And even though the first several months she was calling for, ba- for Barry, it brought me joy to see the number come up on the phone. Because of the amount of love and joy she had, it always made me so happy. 
So she thought, okay, well, once Margaret figured out that Barry's real number, she'd stop calling. But a week after Christmas, she called again and she just left a message, said, hi, Callie, this is Grandma Margaret. I'm just calling to say, have a good day. Love you. Have a good day. Call me. Love you. Later. And Callie Aww. said, I know. She said, the smile on my face went from ear to ear. I called her back and we talked. We talked once a week for about five minutes, check in on each other. So like a year and a half, they started, they talked every week. They started talking every week, just these two strangers, just to like call and check in on each other. And then a year and a half into their friendship, Grandma Margaret called and said, hi, Callie, I was just calling to say have a blessed day and to see if you wanted to come and see me soon. Love you, later. So Callie was like, I do want to go see Grandma Margaret. So on March 2nd, um, Callie and her mom drove out to see her. They picked her up. They took her out for lunch. They talked and laughed about how they had met. Um, and Callie says, this wonderful lady is just as wonderful as she is on the phone. She wants everyone to be happy and does whatever she can to bring joy to her and everyone's life. I am beyond blessed. This sweet lady called the wrong number. Who would have known that a wrong number could have created such an amazing friendship? Grandma Margaret is not only a friend, but she is now family. Oh, my I God. Know. That is the sweetest thing ever. Isn't it sweet? And Grandma Margaret says that Callie is someone who is so special to her. She said she could tell from the start that Callie was the kind of person who knows how to show love. She says, just look at her. She has a smile on her face all the time. That's so sweet. I know. I'm just going to start calling random numbers. Right. And like, Are you my grandma? <laughs> Are you my grandma? <laughs> Will you be my friend? Will you be my friend? Hi. I just wonder how you're doing. <laughs> you have a nice voice. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's me, your Grandma Jen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll just start pretending to be people's grandmas. How you doing, doll? <laughs> how fun would that be? I would love that. <laughs> Tell me about your day. That's wonderful. Would you start- Are you wearing a jacket? It's cold outside. <laughs> will you start leaving me messages like that? <laughs> yes, I will. I check in on you. <laughs> That's how my grandma's voicemails were always. How you doing, doll? Oh, I love that. It's grandma. <laughs> what? <laughs> um that's great. I love that. And I love that you did three of them. Yeah. You're welcome. Extra love. Extra love. Extra love. All right. Now let's do something dumb and something we love. All right. I guess for something dumb, I mean, I don't really know. What are what is life anymore? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's just dumb that like um, every time I turn around, another friend is getting COVID and, you know, it just is what it is. And all of these things are getting ruined because of COVID. But I, I know, and I know like we've, this has been our something done like 10,000 times. And I was just thinking about, remember when we said at one point, like, wow, we've been doing the podcast now longer in COVID yeah. than we did before. Yeah. Now we're like at like 75%. So I know. It's just. I know. Yeah. It's <sighs> like. Two I, years in like COVID and six months out of COVID. I feel like we're nearing that. I hope. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Jen. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. Curse of the podcast. Frick. Frick. Mormon frick. <laughs> Curse of the podcast. Um, I don't know. So I just don't even want to talk about what's dumb anymore. I think we all know what's yeah. dumb. But, um, something that I love. Is I recently had a friend who also loves 
you know I love like mafia stuff and um, like The Sopranos and Goodfellas. Casino. Godfather. Gotcha. All that stuff. My favorite. <laughs> every every bit of it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, but I had never heard about uh, Gamora, which is like, uh, it's on HBO Max and it is like six seasons. And it's a, it's, it's, a, it's Italian. It's, I had no idea. Yeah. Have you have heard about this? I, have, oh, I mean, I've seen the name, yeah, but I had no idea that it was like a... Like yeah, it's like movie. Italian mob mafia related um, t- TV show, and it's um, it's Italian, but it's in um, you know you could read it, you could read it and watch it at the same time. <laughs> it has subtitles, <laughs> but it's so good, and I can't believe that I have like six whole seasons of this to watch. I'm super into this, um, but I was yeah, a friend recommended it to me, and I just. I'm in love. Ooh. Um, so I, I think it's so good. I, so if you like mafia stuff, then check it out. Highly recommend. That's so fun to have like something that has that many seasons to get into. I know. So what's your something dumb and something you love? <laughs> um, okay. So my something dumb and something I love. Okay. So remember how I was like, I'm just going to have like my... I'm going to have fun. That's my New Year's resolution. And it's going to be fun. And I'm going to enjoy. And so part of that, I was like, I'm just going to try new things and do, I I joined ClassPass. You know what that is? Yeah. Right? So that's, I've been like going to like. I didn't know they still had that. Yeah. I just like looked it up and I actually got like a free month, which was so great. Because I was like, sure, I'll oh, yeah. a free month. Um, and so I've like been going to hot yoga. And then I decided yesterday, I was like, I want to do like a dance class. But the only dance class I could find was Jazzercise. Did you know that Jazzercise still exists, Jen? I did. But did you know that there's a dance place called Dance 101? I did. They're not on ClassPass. Oh. <laughs> they were not on the free thing. Never mind. Uh, but I will go to it because uh, so I go went to Jazzercise yesterday, and of course, and I'm texting Ben. I'm like, I think I'm the only person at this Jazzercise class, and Ben was like, I think it's just because the nursing home bus didn't come yet. <laughs> they're just running. Oh. I was like, okay, all right. Uh, it turns out there actually wasn't a class yesterday, um, and but so I went this morning. And man, it was exactly how you might picture it is. It was like a like a 65-year-old lady who's like real fit and full of energy leading it. <laughs> saying things like, like, we're gonna burn those calories. Who needs who needs to move their body today? I needed this this morning. <laughs> things like that. And then the only other people in the class, uh, it was me and like maybe an 80-year-old man and like another 65-year-old woman. <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> it's like, well, you know, maybe I won't come back, but <laughs> I don't know if that's dumb or the right, thing I you, love. I'm not sure. Did you have fun? I yeah yeah okay. Yeah. I mean, I did not like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Right? Like I wasn't like yeah. this is great. I can't wait to come back. But I also was not like I hate every second of this. Would you wear? It's like I need to hear. I wish I had worn like you know, like rose burn and physical, but I just wore, oh, yeah. you know, like yoga pants. <laughs> <laughs> but it was well, like, like tap, tap, step ball change, swirl your hips. You know? Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was straight up jazzercise. I thought maybe they would have like updated it, <laughs> but no, no. No, I think that that's what 
the people want. Oh yeah, they want that old school jazzercise. Yeah, the lady I would was be like disappointed if it wasn't that. Yeah, well. Yeah, uh, the lady told she was like, "If you just keep coming back, you'll totally you'll we do the th- same thing pretty much every." You gotta work it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you really gotta work it. Sal. I know. So that was the thing that's dumb and I love. I think uh, I also loved uh, love my weekend. It was really great to catch up with uh, Bobcat and to meet you know some really nice people and have fun shows. That was amazing. And also when I got home. Ben built me. He bought me for Christmas. He bought um, like a porch swing, not on a porch. It has like a frame, you know, um, for oh, our backyard cool. that I was so excited about. And then he built it. And so now I get to swing outside. So pumped Amazing. for that. Amazing. Yeah. Good things all I around. I love it. All right. Well, I think that's it, guys. Yeah. That's a pull up. You should, uh, you should reach out. You should find us on all the socials. You should find us on uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, we're all at Dumb Love Podcast. You can email us your love stories. We haven't had a listener love story in a while. Email us at dumblovepod at gmail.com. Also, we have those awesome new Happy Town sweatshirts, t-shirts, whatever you want, a cup, a mug. Uh, you can get a water bottle, take to your jazzercise class. Um, that's all. You can find it on our website. You could buy one of our Dumb Love sweatshirts and cut the neck out of it. Yes. <laughs> and yes. wear that to Jazzercise. Yes, please. If you really wanted to. I mean, you could. if you really love us, you would. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find all that at dumblovepodcast.com. Um, and rate and review and tell a friend. And we would love that. And we love you guys. We love you so much. And don't forget to get out there and do something dumb for love. Dum da dum 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 da 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 dum da